This episode of World Chitless is brought to you by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games, out-of-print games, and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Board Chitless. Tonight I'm... Oh, I'm Tristan tonight. <laughs> Normally I'm lucky, <laughs> but tonight I'm Tristan. Um, and I'm joined by... Sam and Dave. Tonight we have been playing Race for the Galaxy and we've also been playing The Lord of the Rings the card game. First of all, let's crack on with Race for the Galaxy. Dave, what are your thoughts on this game? I know we've played this before, we've actually discussed it on the show before, but how does it hold up to repeated plays? Yeah, nothing's really changed, I love it. We're getting a lot faster with it, aren't we? How quick was that game tonight? That was pretty quick, 20-15 minutes, maybe? I don't, I don't think we've ever won by depleting the victory point pool before. Yeah, that, that was that was the big difference, wasn't yeah. it? With another another win victory, another way of winning was was achieved this week. Mm. Normally, it's just getting twelve cards out. Definitely it's, faster, I think, with a victory victory point chip win, clearing those things out. That, that, I think that probably contributed to the game ending so early. Do you think? Yeah, but we've never we've never really pursued that as a strategy. I don't think anyone's sort of we've not we've not been at that level. How do maybe, we... maybe now we are. <laughs> Now that we've played it more than twice. Yes. <laughs> How did we stumble on that? Was it just you and me wrestling for those chips, basically? Uh, I saw you, I think you went, that was like the first time we've used the double, like, victory point consume. <laughs> you won't believe after the, t- we, I mean, we've literally played it like 10, <laughs> 15, 20 times. Mm. And yeah, that's the first time any of us have played <laughs> one of the seven basic action point cards. I think this was the first time I've built an engine. And then just repeatedly hammered that engine. So it was just producing and then just getting everything every single turn. Usually I pursue a victory point strategy with the developments that you sort of go for certain things. But this time I just I just hammered the engine and it ended the game quite quick. Unexpectedly quickly. I mean, normally yeah. the other option is that if you get 12 cards, if a player gets 12 cards into the tableau, then the game ends that round. And obviously the other alternative is in a free play game, it was is it 36 Point, victory point chips so if they get depleted the game ends so every single time up until this point we've had a 12 card tableau finish it off and it's not necessarily even the winner which I think is kind of cool because it keeps everyone in play right to the end and right to the score count even if you get the biggest tableau it doesn't necessarily mean you have the best combo or victory points mm. yeah that's because the person who gets the best tableau is normally brought out 12 cheap cost cards <laughs> with no victory points on which is there is that normally <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, so so you had your strategy in place, right, Dave? So you... uh, well, it formed. That wasn't what I was going for initially, but quite that happens quite often. But usually, I will pursue uh, the the six cost developments that sort of dictate how you're going to get victory points. Which... Uh, I didn't get any this time, so I just I just went and did. That's exactly what I did. But mm. my engine was too slow getting started to mm. to catch up after you got all the victory points. So yeah. I, I was starting to get. The things, the cards out that I needed, but it was too late by that point. Mm. The victory points had gone before I could even react to it. It was an interestingly close finish as well. I totally thought, you know, because you were going for that strategy, that you'd have the win, which you did. Um, but it was a draw on points. It point, was a tiebreaker, wasn't it? Which yeah. have we had one of those before? I don't remember. Uh, I don't ever. Th- I don't think so. I don't think we ever counted cards. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, 
but you, I mean, you pulled that off because you had so many cards in hand because you were producing on four worlds, I think. And well, I, I think it was every time I produced as well, I was drawing like four cards, so I didn't even need to trade in the end. That's why I was going, started going for the, for the consume, like the double victory point consume. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, I didn't even need to trade, so I was just drawing loads of cards, and that's why I had 10 cards in my hand at the end. Yeah, to- totally broken OP combo. Yeah, but, but it's one of those games where these combos do sort of come up from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's completely it's completely random, really. It's a card game. <laughs> okay, so, um, I mean, I think we're all pretty positive, but let's just give a quick summary, final thoughts. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, still love it. Glad to see a different tactic and different strategy coming through, different combo of cards, different synergies. You know, it, it adds a bit of a freshness to it and it gives us all something else to pursue. So it's... It's kind of refreshed the game for me again, even though I still love it. So, yeah, really good. Cool. Yeah, same. Bring on some expansions. <laughs> I'm actually going to throw in my agreement with Dave on this one. Yeah, I think we're probably due for an expansion on this, and they are pretty cheap. So, um, get on them, Dave. Okay. Um, so, next up, The Lord of the Rings, the card game. So, this game we've played probably, me and Sam, maybe over 100 times. I um, so, yeah. Dave, I think you seem to have played it a fair amount. This was the first game that I got after... Well, this is the game that got me sort of back into gaming. When I was about... I think it was about 20, I stopped playing games altogether. And it was this one, like 10 years later, that sort of drew me back in. This one in Arkham Horror, the uh, the board game. Okay, let's zoom out for one second and just have a, a, a look at the game. What is it and who's it for? How, how many players? <laughs> that kind of thing. It's from uh, one to four players. Uh, it's, a, it's an LCG, so it's a living card game. When we first got the game, it, well, in terms of mechanics and playstyle, it's you take a deck of up to three heroes, each of them generate resources, and use those to play cards down from your hand, drawing cards from your deck. And you're basically facing off against the uh, creatures from the Lord of the Rings, all the spiders and goblins and orcs and everything else, and you, you work your way through the various missions following most of the story really uh but yeah it's that's the basic mechanics of the game yeah, the whole overlay is it, it's a living card game it's an lcg which means that we now have thousands of cards uh to deck build from uh so you build a deck for each mission you have to face because as we found deck you, construct remember so sorry, this isn't a deck builder yeah so de- sorry deck construct so you pre pre-building your decks before the game you have to custom make it because there's not, we've discovered that there's not one deck you can make that will beat every single mission. I've discovered otherwise. Dave's a liar. No. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've, I've taken a deck all the way through now. Well, two decks. I don't play um, solo. Like I play solo quite a lot. This is my go-to solo game. But I play two-handed, so I have two decks. So uh, the one that I went all the way through with was a, a Junodyne Ranger deck and a, a Gondor Ranger Trap deck. And... They synergize quite well, and I've beaten everything with it. Even Shadow and Flame? Yeah. Mm. I've beaten Shadow and Flame. I've, I've never really had that much of a problem with Shadow and Flame. What about the Invincible Balrog that you can't kill at the end? You do You do kill it. <laughs> yeah. You can, what is it? You can escape, or you can sort of cast it into the pit. And I've actually won both ways. Yeah, I've never really, I've never had a problem. My, my, my hated one, the one I hate, is, is it seventh level in Moria? Oh, yeah, where you try you just get swamped with, with goblins. And the first time I played it, was I had to, a, a pair of dwarf decks. 
and we were talking about this before, but dwarf decks used to be like quite overpowered. Um, and that was fine. That was like built for dwarves. Every deck I've gone up against that with since, it's been a bit hairy. There are a lot of cycles out now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, some are saying thousands of cards. I think that's the case that there are so many expansions and we've been collecting them all. So um, we've, we've got a ton of content to choose from. I think probably what I find personally, the biggest problem is almost trying to choose which one to play. And mm. then when you do choose a cycle, you have to sort of zoom into it and pick out the cards that were designed to play with that cycle and use them to, to play it effectively. Unless like you said, you managed to build a, a deck that can take on every single yeah, mission. Yeah. I mean, they don't always win first time. I usually sort of give myself three attempts. Yeah. But usually, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a good problem to have to have so much choice and to have so many missions to choose from to experiment with and stuff. I think one of the most compelling things about this game for me is the Lord of the Rings trilogy adventures, the saga boxes, mm. which we've not even really scratched the surface on. Yeah. And they're about to wrap up with the Mountain I do, of Fire. I do tell a lie, actually, because I've done The Hobbit um, with my rangers, but I've not gone through the campaign. I was waiting for the campaign to be completed, the Lord of the Rings, you know, the whole thing. So yeah. I've, not even, I've not even started the first one of that. So maybe, maybe Sam's right. Maybe... These guys can't. I am so far. You've not beaten all the missions. Yeah, one sorry. <laughs> but all, all of the uh, all of the uh, what they called the print on demand ones. Yeah, I've completed all those. So fire in the lake and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, does this also include all the ones that you designed, Tristan? Uh, no, no, I'm not done, Tristan's. <laughs> never beat those. <laughs> you really would. They're very basic um, <laughs> compared to the new cycles. Um, Speaking of, Sam, you were a playtester for The Lord of the Rings. Uh, what are your experiences of that, behind the scenes and working on the game? Uh, initially, I loved it. We we played the base game before we started doing the playtesting, so we were playtesting the new cycles. Uh, to start with, it was really cool to see all these new mechanics coming through. But I think we quickly tired of playtesting it, uh, and it felt like some of it was so broken at the point we were playtesting it. Uh, but that's... It was then like down to our feedback going back and through the development and stuff, you actually saw the cards come to the final end. So it then we got to play the final product and it was like really cool again, which is the whole point of the playtesting cycle. You know, it's so it's quite it's quite good seeing the whole sort of life cycle of it. Really quite enjoyed that uh, that whole process that we went through. How do we think it? Um, works thematically? Does it achieve its goal to distill the Lord of the Rings stories in the Middle-earth atmosphere through the game mechanics? I think it does, but I do think often it goes quite long. Um, I mean, I suppose, it, again, it depends on what decks you're using. If you're using like a super fast like Rohan deck or something that you can just zip through everything, maybe not, but yeah, I do tend sometimes, I do tend to feel like it sometimes just drags out. Like you've just got like get through a couple more turns, you know? Um, but f all the cars make thematic sense um, and it feels like you're off on, you know, watching a little characters go off on adventure. It gets quite mathy at times. Like we, we, we count up, you know, all of the stuff before we go questing and how much we're expecting to be put in the encounter area and it does feel mathy, but good. How are your feelings about having eagles down the mines of Moria and things like that? Oh, do you know, not really bothered. <laughs> if you can have Saruman join Frodo and, I don't know, 
Frodo, who should we also be saying? Denethor. Denethor, yeah. Let them down in the mines, why not? <laughs> Depends how abstract you want to think about it. I mean, you can there's, you can make the argument, oh, well, maybe the eagles just supported them, um, got them there, and it's like something that they did in the past. I think I saw that argument somewhere once for Farmer Maggot yeah. or something. Might have been the old, um, the old Decipher game. Might have been that. I feel like I've been on the arguing end of that point before because I agree. I think uh, thematically, the artwork is so immersive. The flavour text is amazing and brings brings the books back. The way that they've gone through all the different areas of the world and basically just pointed at the map and gone, let's go here, let's explore here and have an adventure here. And the way that they've made each cycle feel really different from the previous one, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really challenging to completely reinvent a game every six expansions in the way that they've done. Um, I think sometimes that might stretch the limitations of the game a little bit, but I also think, in another way, the way that they constantly refresh in it and bring new ideas to the table and new methods of um, adventuring and also deck, construct, deck construction uh, are really a testament to the fact that this collectible card game has been running for so long. I mean, it's, we're talking over five years now, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of, one of the things I really liked from playing today was seeing how they brought new mechanics, new synergies in, and it fits seamlessly with the older ones that have been for a while. So I was playing uh, an Elven deck today with the Sylvans and Noldor, and I was it was a new mechanic, new synergy for me for discarding cards to fuel other things and bringing them back from a discard pile. Never seen that done before, but it just fit in with everything else that I was used to. It didn't feel like it was tagged on and it felt like it worked with everything that's gone before it. So it's quite nice to see that they've actually been able to incorporate different changes, different styles of playing without, you know, without breaking it up, without it having to be exclusive to that, to that sort of set. So quite like that aspect of it. I suppose we should point out as well the two quests that we played tonight. The first one was massing it on Gilead. Which is one of my personal favourites. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do like massing it as Gilead. I don't think it scaled well with three. I think you would... You would it was a massacre as Gilead. Yeah, yeah, you would have to sort of really think about your deck construction maybe for that one for three players because the amount of enemies is just... And to be fair, I mean, we our decks weren't really working together. Oh, I, no. Well, we threw them together. Sam had an elf deck. I had a ranger deck and you had hobbits I just threw I threw a, a, a fighting hobbits a, yeah I threw a, a hobbit deck together it was intended to be um like questing and secrecy and, and stuff like that because I've never really done a hobbit deck before and it just ended up being combat it just ended up being buff merry and kill everything <laughs> and he it, it was all right didn't he he did all right in the later yeah, game he had fun yeah we, we got... in, in the first game at massing he died massing I think is one of the best designed solo mm. scenarios because I absolutely love it and I think with one deck it's yeah. a really good. That really is one that experience. really works with just one deck. Yeah. I have done it two-handed, but one deck is it's tuned. It's really finely tuned. Definitely, and I also think it has one of my favourite mechanics in the game, which is the rangers coming out mm. and saving the day, like from shadow card effect. I love that stuff. I love when it's not just fighting and putting progress tokens on locations. You know, when there's new effects like guys, it makes you feel like uh, there's these outpost rangers stuck in Osgiliath mm. fighting against the orcs and then they you know jump into your team and join you and do a little bit of damage to the enemy love 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 that stuff I also love the challenging difficulty level but I do agree for three players tonight we got rinsed yeah. we didn't even get one progress taken on the first 
quest card. Yeah. So it's, uh, the, it's those um, it's those scouts, those orc scouts, because because they just jump on the lowest threat player. Yeah. Had, like first turn, they had five orc scouts like on three hobbits with like two hit points each. And they t- but as a counterpoint to that, when I picked for our second quest, uh, Escape from Dol- Guldo, which is... Oh, yeah, we slaughtered that. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, when that, I pulled it out, you, you didn't want to play it, right? Because you, yeah. you thought, no, it's going to be too difficult. It, it's, it's swingy, it, Dol Guldo. It's really swingy. I mean, you, you can get like a bad combination, but with three players, it mitigates it quite a lot because most of the, I mean, most of the effects, losing a whole character with two or one player... I mean, that character's resources, it's quite a handicap, but with three, yeah. Yeah, you didn't miss him as much. Well, you two didn't miss him. It was one of my guys. <laughs> I felt handicapped the whole time. But um, no, I, I, for me, it felt like a struggle because a lot of my guys were taking injuries. I had the Berrigant who was, you know, battling all the bad guys and trying to sort of sentinel and keep you guys safe as well. Uh, I think Sam actually had a really cool elf synergy deck going on. So he was mm. just carrying on minding his own business and you were sort of just focusing on attachments and hobbits yeah and uh, between us we sort of muddled through it but for me it felt like everything was to play for until we finally took out the Nazgul which I think is how the quest is supposed to play out mm. um, as one of the initially more difficult quests I really enjoyed the fact that we were able to go back to it after for me a few years and throw some fairly half decent decks at it and, and tackle it I have found um the, the decks that I've gone up against Dol Guldur with since it was originally released, and this is like decks with like some modern, more modern cards, um, haven't fared as well as the earlier decks, to be honest. I think those early decks were quite pure. Yeah. Um, and you start adding all this stuff in just because it's cool and it, it does dilute the power of the deck. Um, and, but, but tonight we, we, did, we did leather it. <laughs> we used to play uh, both two-handed didn't we so we'd have four. all of the different we'd have four mm. decks i thought we i thought we did because we'd have all of the tristan three shaking heroes. his head <laughs> <laughs> no we had we had all four we'd, we'd split like jewel sphere decks so we'd have that was it yeah three so characters had, each so we had all four all four of uh, uh, the spheres yeah oh yeah yeah we we me and me and jackie did that as well but but even then like that every every sort of card it was used in a certain way. Now you've got stuff that is used in different ways. And those original cards, I mean, we, we never used to have any trouble with Dog Order. I know people did. Um, so, solo, like full-on solo, single-handed. Don't think I've ever beat Dog Order. Um, I know people have, but I've always played sort of two-handed, really. And and I remember playing it then, and I beat it the first, first time, and I was a little bit... I, th- I think it depends, though, because it depends on which character goes. Oh, absolutely. Got, if you've got a split yeah. deck... If you, you if you lose Eowyn... you one hero, who's yeah. the only resource generated for that, you've lost access to half of your deck mm. straight off. Or your four willpower character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it can just completely... That's what I mean, game. though. It's a swingy scenario. Um, Do you think that's endemic to the game, though? Because a lot of the scenarios are, mm. you know, you can get a couple of turns in and go, right, this isn't going my way. Mm. Do I play it out now to its inevitable fail conclusion? Or do I stick with it? And I, pref- I prefer the sort of more deterministic ones. I like massing at Esgiliath because it's not particularly swingy. It's going to just keep kicking you. And it's going to do that throughout. But you you know, you know, can sort of overcome it. It never it never goes too far. 
I said, so unless you've got three players, and that was a little bit too far. <laughs> it went too far. There was no, I don't think, we could have played that all night and never got anywhere. Could you imagine if we had a fourth player? No, how many scouts would that be? 12 scouts in stage one before you've yeah, even yeah. quested. All on you. Yeah. <laughs> and three hobbits. Yeah. There's so much to talk about in this game, and there's so many different cycles and adventures, and each adventure pack's designed by different designers, and uh, each sphere has been redeveloped and re-implemented and had so many new mechanics thrown into it. Um, but <laughs> all that said, um, what are our generalised opinions of the games as a whole, looking at the fact that we have access to all of the cycles released so far, thousands of cards, and obviously there's a reason we bought all those cards, but what are your uh, summary opinions of the game? Start with Sam. Uh, the part I don't like as much as a deck construction between each scenario that is it can take a lot of time from actually playing the game into constructing decks but the actual playing the game when i'm playing it i always find it fun i love the art i love the theme i love getting involved with it i love the synergy between players the co-op elements the way that you're bouncing off each other and you're playing cards onto each other you're boosting each other and you're helping each other out all the time i really love that whole aspect of it and it is a fun game. It, it's just a behemoth now in terms of what's, what sort of access you've got. Uh, so always looking forward to sort of the new cycles, give them a new try. Happy to construct decks for that. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good game. I think it's one of the games that I was most excited about before it released. I, I, the anticipation I had before it coming out, I was like, an adventure card game set in Middle Earth with amazing art because I have to say the art on this game has been consistent throughout almost every single it's phenomenal pack. it is brilliant the art is fantastic the graphic design the presentation the theme Middle Earth is like my favourite you know fantasy theme and uh, the the way that each time I've sort of gone okay you know I've got a thousand cards now it's probably time to just you know give this next cycle a miss and then it comes out and I'm like Oh, go on then, I'll just try one more. Uh, it always draws me back in. And it is one of those games that just sort of felt like it reinvented the genre and the uh, the sort of play style or the... I mean, it replaced the collectible format with the living card format, which I much prefer because you're not just buying blind boosters and whatnot. Um, I think the way that it's also fed into what is now the Arkham Horror living card game and re-implemented the same, similar sort of design and game mechanics, but reinvigorated them with Arkham Horror. I think it's brilliant, but it also holds up on its own. So some of the mechanics feel a little bit sort of, like they have been improved in Arkham Horror, but as a game, um, I still love it. And every time we go back to it, I'm like, wow, we should just totally play this all the time. Uh, Dave, you talked about it being the one that got you back into game. Can mm. you expand on that a little bit more and tell us yeah. your summary opinion? I mean, it wasn't... See, I sold it to Jackie on, oh, look, we can get this game and we can while away our evenings drawing cards and these cards are going to tell us a story. Jackie was backed out quite quickly when uh, it basically it's, it's a maths sort of thing, isn't it? You, <laughs> you, you, you throw in numbers at the quest and then you've got to have enough numbers for defending and then you've got to have enough So the sort of story of it quite quickly sort of disappeared. It's still there. Um, once you can see past the numbers, but I can see where she had difficulty. Um, so it didn't quite live up to that expectation. Arkham Horror does. Um, so I think Arkham Horror has eclipsed Lord of the Rings a little bit for me. Uh, well, completely for me at the moment. Not is saying that, is forever. That just it's new? 
it's probably just because it's new, but I do I do really sort of the the story follows on a lot better. Um, I do think that Lord of the Rings has improved massively in a lot of ways since the beginning. Like um, sort of the the base set was like a hodgepodge of cards, and then we got the eagles, and then that's all we had for a while, and then we had the Rohan were coming like, and then we had the dwarves. Now we've got all sorts of things, and and it's not just oh. They've got a leader that gives them all plus one to whatever starts. The things play in different ways, like the the Noldor that Sam was using tonight. They're drawing from you know, playing cards from discard. You've got the Sylvans, and they're you know bringing characters into play with buffs, and then they're bouncing in and out of play. Uh, the Ranger decks that I use, love them. Love the Junadan guys. They get buffs for however many people they're engaged with. Uh, the trap decks, you know, there's all sorts of different things, and it feels right. The Hobbits was the first time I've played with the Hobbits. Uh, Probably needs work that deck. It's <laughs> it was good at killing one thing at a time, not good at much else. So, but maybe that's quite thematic for hobbits. Do you think how? Yeah. <laughs> Do you don't think it would have fared too well as a solo deck? Maybe? I don't think that would. No, it didn't. It didn't have enough allies. I think I put about four allies in it. It's uh yeah. So where does the actual game Lord of the Rings the card game where does that fall in your? repertoire at the moment it's still. still it's still up there listen i will buy every single thing <laughs> that they release for this game like i might not get around to playing any more of it for a while but when the kids get a little bit older we're going to start at the beginning and go through the whole thing again yeah you know it, it's it and it is a journey it's a and you know I, I love it but at the moment arkham horror is just edging <laughs> it out because i i've not got time as well at the moment like just to sort of dedicate myself to this and like Sam says the deck constructions like that deck that I put together tonight that's the first deck I've put together for a while and I threw it together and it shows in the deck Arkham Horror you know it's just you, your deck evolves over time and you know I think that's a I think that Arkham Horror is an evolution from Lord of the Rings I don't think that that it's gone on a superior path but it's like a parallel path and, and I do think they both still stand up on their own yeah couldn't agree more. And mm. I think, for me, part of the appeal as well about Arkham Horror is taking control of one character. It's such a simple yeah. adjustment, um, mm. but you still feel empowered when you're playing it. You still feel like you can do loads of things. Mm. Um, and you empathise more with that character because you've only got the one. I think dynamically it's different and interesting and a, a great take on the mechanics of Lord of the Rings. But I do think they both stand apart. And yeah, I'd be happy to play either. Mm. So yeah, so that was The Lord of the Rings, the card game, and also Race for the Galaxy. Thanks for joining us tonight on Board Chitless. Join us again next time, and we'll be talking more gamage. Thanks very much for joining us. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.